Hey guys, this is Robert from Limitless Broadcasting. And Sammy. I was getting to you. (laughs) But we wanted to tell you some exciting news. We are going to be at the Indiana Comic Con, March 22nd through the 24th. That's going to be at the Indianapolis or... Indiana Convention Center. In Indianapolis, let's say that. (laughs) So if you were going to the convention, please come over to the Limitless Broadcasting booth Mm -hmm. and say hello. Yeah, I believe it was booth 1710. 1710. Yes, so it's a huge convention. Yeah. Probably the biggest one I think we've been to. Yeah, this is going to be like Megacon. Yeah, unfortunately I will not be there in person. Robbie will be there but he's going to have some uh, fun friends with him. Yes. Including, I believe, from Pixie Dust Twins, Ashley. First con for her. And so if you're there, ask us about Rant Radio because you can win $1,000 from Limitless Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very excited about that. And who doesn't love a good rant? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we will, or I guess I should say Robbie, will see you soon at the Indiana Comic Convention. And what days... Are you going to be there one more time? Uh, we're going to be there the 22nd through the 24th of March. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you guys there soon. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. Your whole life can change in an instant. About 50 million adults in the United States have chronic pain. And because of a car accident, Robbie is one of them. In their marriage vows, Robbie and Sammy promise to stand by one another and provide strength when needed. And lately, they've been facing some of their biggest challenges. Join them as they share the ups and downs of living with chronic pain. Welcome, everybody, to the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Robbie. (laughs) This is episode one of season four. Welcome to the new season. Welcome to the new season, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes, so excited to be back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you guys got by without us during during the break. Well, it hasn't been too long this time. You're right. Mm hmm So. So... So what do we got for him today? Today is, well, we're in February, so we're coming up on... Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah. Which eh, we're not super into, but some people are really into it or wanting to make plans, dates, whatever. Right? Not, what have you. Yes, which is fine. You know, you do you. But I thought that it might be fun to do like a dating and chronic pain episode and when I started putting it together, I was just like, okay, well, trying to think of, obviously you have those like physical hurdles, right? Yeah. We don't know. You wake up one day, how you're going to feel. So right. are we going to be able to go do something? Mm-hmm. So kind of, I was going to share at, towards the end, some of our like dates that work usually pretty well for us. Okay. You know, low impact, easygoing, nothing too crazy, but also when you're in a relationship with somebody with chronic pain one of the hardest things that we've come across and i think that is a universal issue is communication yes that's always a hard thing to do and to accomplish it's always hard in any relationship but i feel like sometimes especially it can be difficult when one of you is not feeling great or is dealing with issues so uh that's kind of what we're going to mainly start with is communication and different ways that you can find to communicate with your partner. Okay. So this is going to be a bit of a different episode. Yeah, apparently. Mm-hmm, yeah. Are you ready for this, the research I did? Yeah. So I sent you a quiz. Yeah, and you nagged me and nagged me until I did it. I don't know how many times I'd ask you to answer, like, five questions. It was definitely more than five questions. It was not. It was a very short survey, though. I could have sent you another one that was 144 questions. And that would have never gotten done. And I know you wouldn't have done it. So know your audience, too, right? (laughs) Exactly. But what I sent you was, the quiz was to find out what your love language is. Okay. Which you might, you know, be sitting there and think it's cheesy or corny or whatever, but... These are things that you shouldn't just rely on for communication in your relationship, but it's something that may help you understand yourself and your partner better. So I think it's worth talking about, especially, like I said, in a relationship where maybe communication is a little bit harder or more important. All right. Okay. 
So the five love languages, would you like to know a little bit about them? Yeah. Gary Chapman, PhD, who is an author, speaker, and counselor, um, he had a passion for help or has a passion for helping people and helping them form long-lasting relationships. He's a well-known marriage counselor and director of marriage seminars, so he came up with the five love languages. It's one of his most popular titles. It's actually a book. I think there's more than one book now, but it was a book singular book to begin with to begin with it was on yes. a lot of bestseller charts for many years and it sold over 20 million copies and wow. it's been on the new york times bestsellers list since 2007. wow so yeah a lot of people looking into this and you may have heard of it if you're out there listening but may not know much about it you can uh, go on their website and read some more information just type in the five love languages and his website will come up okay or you can buy the book but probably on Amazon or something like that. Yeah, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, wherever. I feel like most people probably, probably use Kindle Amazon. Probably Kindle has it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anywhere you probably find it. Yep. So the premise of the Five Love Languages book is very simple. Different people with different personalities give and receive love in different ways. By learning to recognize these preferences in yourself and your loved ones, you can learn to identify the root of your conflicts, connect more profoundly, and truly begin to grow closer. So I think those are all good things. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the month of love, whatever. So I made you fill out the questionnaire that you so aggressively. I didn't aggressively agree to do after I. It took a while you. for me to do it. I only asked you like three times, and I asked you very nicely. After you ignored my first like two messages where I sent it to you. I did not ignore you. He ignored me. He does that. Anyways. So your results came up. I only did the top two, so we're not going to do all of them, the, okay. the five of them. Your top two were acts of service, that was 33%, and quality time, which was 27%. Okay. So acts of service. This love language centers on doing activities that make life easier or more enjoyable for the other person, such as running errands, picking up the dry cleaning, doing the grocery shopping, or other household chores. Especially mm-hmm. with how I am, like... Especially with being with chronic pain. Yes, exactly. It helps if somebody does, mm-hmm. you know, runs to the store, grabs coke, something like that. Right. At its core, this language is about demonstrations of love. Since saying I love you doesn't actually guarantee that the speaker means it, some people respond better to seeing someone show their feelings. Uh, it says Beverly Palmer, who's a PhD in clinical psychologist and professor at California State University. It's actually less about the deed itself and more about your significant other showing you that they're on your team. So as you said, you help pay bills, plan a vacation for the two of you, take care of you when you're sick. Yeah. That's another big one. So to communicate better, you can ask your significant other what acts of service are most meaningful to them. Get specific. Do they prefer that you ask them before you do something like, you know, like running a bath or that you just do it for them? Do they like when you take care of the laundry, but they want to pay the bills? Just kind of be open and honest and communicate. And what I could do for you is encourage you to ask me when you want something. So ask your or your partner should ask what they what they need and when they need it. And supporting each other's needs in those crucial moments leads to good mental health and love that lasts. Okay. So this all this all makes a lot of a lot of sense to me. So when it comes to performing acts of service, these are four things that I could do for you. So I pay attention to small things. So like maybe like what you want to do if we're out together on a date or if we're going on a trip, you know, little things like it says, for example, how much sugar your partner adds to their morning coffee. So in that case, it would maybe be like what you get in your Starbucks, like a white mocha, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what your favorite shows are, you know, taking notes of like little things like that and also noticing things that your partner doesn't enjoy doing. So like taking out the trash, looking up financial stuff, cleaning something. Those are things you can do for your partner as an act of service because they don't like to do it and focus on acts that are easy for you to accommodate and work into your schedule. Okay. So pay attention to your partner's schedule each week and see if you can add in the little acts of service. That so sounds enjoyable. Yeah, Doable. exactly. Yeah, kind of make it work for both of you. Yeah. And utilize your strengths. So if you understand something your partner doesn't, offer your services. If you're more handy than your partner, focus on handy tasks, handyman tasks like changing the oil. I definitely cannot do that. Or fixing like a broken light bulb in the bathroom. 
something like that. And see, I was thinking about this with the acts of service and I was like, okay, it makes sense to me because you tend to do that for me. What? Like these acts of service. Like when I was working at CVS, you would pop by with like a milkshake for me or a snack. Yeah. You know, like those little things, but I didn't realize that that was like your love language. It was an act of, act of service. Okay. Or when you're, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to go put gas in your car or take it for the oil change. Yeah. Like little things that you do like that. You tend to do that a lot. Right, right. For me, but that's because that's how you communicate it. Right, right. That yeah. makes more sense. Acts of service. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Like it's clicking, see, in my head. So that's why I've been trying to think of things I can do for you, but it's kind of tricky because... You do a lot of, you're very independent, so what you can do, you know, but you like it when I fill up your medications for you. I do. You're when, better at that than I am. But you have to give it to me. You're right. And I will happily do it. You're right. Maybe not always happily, but I will do it for you, no matter, no matter I appreciate what. that but very I do, much. I do need, but I, you know, I'm yeah. filling up your pills for you. Well, like you had those pictures that you bought at Spookla, so framing those for you. I probably wouldn't never done that. Yeah, honestly, since you didn't get around to it, so I I did that for you. You've been sitting in a box, and I was like, I need mm -hmm. to do that. I need to do that. But honestly, it probably would have sat there. Yeah, so that's that's why I was like, okay, that's something I can do for you. Like when you have a YouTube video that you do, like a live. That's why I've been trying to make sure I get on there and comment. I really and appreciate like it. that. Yeah, it's, I was it trying gets, to think of things that it would gets be the conversation to you. started with people, mm -hmm. like the first person that does it. Right, exactly. I really that really means a lot, actually. So yeah, if I'm able to, I will do that. That's why know. I always check with you. Like if I'm going to do a video, you know, mm -hmm. can you? can you get on because yeah. you're just like another viewer mm -hmm. yep. so, so it gets the conversation started yep so that's why i've been trying to this is kind of what it's saying like know who your partner is and, and things think outside the box and if you don't know what we're talking about i do what i do a show <laughs> called strange world with robert and it is strange and we talk about illuminati secret mm -hmm. societies mm -hmm. shape-shifting reptilians what happened with britney murphy it, well, that she, interested me, but I couldn't really watch it. Today. Is she killed? Was she not killed? Anything and everything. Britney Spears. Britney Spears. So if you're interested yeah. in that, that's mm -hmm. on our YouTube channel. Go check Limitless it out. Broadcasting Network. Go mm -hmm. check that out. Like, yeah. subscribe, comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, definitely do that with all of our podcasts. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah, and you can watch most of our podcasts, too, on there as well. Like this. Like this one. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's your, your top one. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So my top two were quality time at 40%, which was your second highest. So we're compatible that way. And then words of affirmation at 27%. Okay. So quality time, it's kind of like what it sounds like. It's a love language that prioritizes spending time with significant others. Quality time may be you maybe your your okay i'm sorry maybe you or your partner's love language which means dedicated time like vacations road trips date nights is essential to saying i love you so put simply it means you really enjoy spending time where you're just focused on you on each other basically so there's like time periods where you have no cell phones no tv you're not listening to anything it's just eye contact and talking and enjoying each other's company so basically phones down and screens off mm -hmm. and which, out with which is other. harder to do in this day and age but yeah yeah that's what they suggested and when it comes to the quality time of love language randy shorter who's a phd and a marriage and family counselor and also an author of simple habits for marital happiness says that a couple's biggest asset has to be planning so those who plan time together prove to be far happier than those who let it happen by chance Okay. And he even suggested that couples should spend 10 minutes of, he said, it's like a 10, 10, 10 rule, 10 minutes of sustained eye contact daily, 10 second hug, and a 10 second plain kiss. Okay. I thought that was interesting. I don't know how he came up with that, but this is like his field, so. 10 minutes of eye contact? Yes. Mm-hmm. I guess we're just talking. Think you and I could actually do that? 10 minutes? You? No. No. You don't think so? That's so rude. She doesn't mean that as a mean. She's I'm not meaning to be that mean. as because I'm ADD and yes. I would get distracted and be like, "Oh, yes. what? What are we talking Even about?" Even if he didn't have his phone in his hand, something would 
click in my brain and be like, oh, something. wait a minute. Yeah. I should be doing this. Yes. So, so it, it's not mean. No. I'm just. I, thank you. Just to let, just to thank fill you. you in on the joke. Yes. You can give your partner quality time by practicing the following. Show physical attention. Sometimes care can combine two love languages like cuddling, which melts physical touch and quality time. Proactively plan events like vacations, celebrations, time together in advance. Shows a dedication to spending time with your partner. You can even shift plans to accommodate a partner's needs or make a reservation at their favorite restaurant. Make eye contact, which shows that you're listening and giving them your uninterrupted time. Having daily routines where you check in and converse with your partner uninterrupted ensures you make time for each other. And then participate in your partner's hobbies. Each partner will have their own interests, you know, which makes sense. Um, but participating in each other's hobbies is an excellent way of showing them you care and value how they spend their time. That makes sense. Yeah. So, and like I said, that's your second one. So we're compatible that way. Okay. But there's, like I said, there's five of them. So one of the others, it's, is physical touch. That's another um, love language. So we have quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service. I don't remember what the fifth one is. I can't even remember. But anyway, but you can look it up. If you go on the website, they have, it's a free quiz. You don't have to pay for it. I'm assuming with people with chronic pain, physical touch is hard to do. I know yeah. that's what hard for us in our relationship. And that's understandable. That's mostly coming from mine because I don't, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't like to be touched. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't mean that negatively. Mm -hmm. It just, I'm always hurting. Right. Like I'm sitting here and I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, maybe I should have taken the cyanide pill. I'm kidding. Oh but I feel like a lot of you understand that statement. Right. Listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of us are in the same boat that mm -hmm. I was talking to Phil the other day. And, you know, we're always tired. We're always combating being tired right. and pushing ourselves and me i push myself but i'm so tired during the day that i'm just mm -hmm. like oh man i need to take a nap and that's why i thought this would be a good thing to do because even if physical touch was like your partner's first love language you could see what their second one is and try and make that work right and even like they said you know like with physical touch i mean it could even be like just holding hands something more basic that would fill your partner's like you know love bucket oh. or whatever you call it tank i think they say I, tank i'm curious not to cut her off but what does everybody in the community do mm -hmm. with their significant other if you are in chronic pain all the time and mm -hmm. it's hard to touch and be physical mm -hmm. what do you do in your relationship how do you fill That's that a good question how do you fulfill that need mm -hmm. let us know in the the show notes or in the comments and go find your love language and let us know yeah that. you should we'll put the notes the the quiz I'll and the have notes. links and stuff for you yes and you guys can go find your love language yes yeah because like i said you may find like ours neither of them were were physical touch so you just work with what works for you you know mm -hmm. and just finding that compromise because nothing that was brought up was crazy to do right like we've already talked about some acts of service doing like like this was suggesting for quality time like a a fun date night but it doesn't say in there you have to go to some fancy restaurant or do some big elaborate thing like just going to your favorite restaurant right doesn't have to be expensive you know right. your favorite restaurant is mcdonald's and go to mcdonald's i mean it doesn't matter right it's basically yeah. what you guys like to do exactly but just knowing each other's love language can help you just understand each other better and communicate better which is why i thought it might be see i like thing. it that sammy likes to edit so we can record these mm -hmm. and she'll she'll do it take over the editing mm -hmm. i like that because it doesn't burden me down right mm -hmm. it's fun and she likes to do it most of the time some days i'm just like oh my god or if i forget that's kind of stressful so yeah like like phil you are lucky sometimes <laughs> because I, I don't know, know i picked about... monday for his his amateur stoner podcast monday is like the stupidest day of the week but i'm gonna commit to it so if you don't know if you have if you like our podcast yes the painful truth of living with chronic pain you'll love the amateur stoner mm -hmm. with phil yep he 
he's a pain survivor. Mm-hmm. He has a different way of combating chronic pain. Yep. And he does it with cannabis. I'm mm-hmm. getting into the cannabis again. Mm-hmm. So I will let you know when that, mm-hmm. I've hit a couple roadblocks because I don't want to pay the money necessary. It's expensive to get your medical marijuana mm-hmm. yeah. card renewed. It's yeah. $275 and mm-hmm. I'm just like, bro. And that goes to the state and then mm-hmm. you have to pay another fee to the feds. Right. And then there's two different costs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, it's very expensive. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but go check them out. Limitless sure. Broadcasting, Amateur Stoner. Yeah. So. Any other thoughts on the love languages? Uh, it, I think it helps out communication. It yeah, helps out your key. relationship. Mm-hmm. Let's everybody know where they're coming from. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely go and check it out. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I did is similar to it, but a little bit different. Okay. So there's these things called Enneagrams, which I think Ashley got me into this. What are those? I'm going to tell you what an okay. Enneagram is. So the Enneagram system uses different personality types to help people better understand themselves and what motivates them. Okay. Uh, exact origins are kind of murky, but researchers note that its roots actually trace back to South American philosopher Oscar Ichazo in the mid 20th century. Who knew? Okay. Research in the American Journal of Psychiatry def- defines the system as a personality theory describing nine strategies by which the psyche develops a worldview and relates to self and to others. And in this case, there are nine Enneagram types. And the general idea is that everyone is assigned to one type. And each type has an associated fear, basic desire, predictable behave, pattern of behavior in times of stress and security, according to the American Journal of Psychiatry. Okay. So that's another way of just understanding yourself and your partner better. Okay. So and I didn't make you take this quiz. Okay. Because it was 144 questions. But you did. I did take it, yes. How long did that take you? Not too long. Okay. Because I wanted to take it, but I, I knew you would just be like, is this how much longer do I have to do this? And I didn't want to deal with you asking me every five minutes how much longer do I have to do this until for? the until the test until is it's done. over. Yes. So you can also find free ones. I'm going to put links for what I looked at for this as well. There's a couple out there that let you take the test and then want to charge you for your results. Don't do that. That's stupid. Don't pay for it. There's enough free ones out there that, okay. that work. So I read the descriptions to try and figure out where you fell. And okay. I think I figured it out. I want to see if you agree. Okay. Out of the nine choices. So in my opinion, I think you're a type four. Okay. Type four, it's got a couple different names, which I don't know why everyone has different names for it, but the main name I found for it was the individualist. Okay. Uh, fours maintain their identity by seeing themselves as fundamentally different from others. And I was like, oh, I feel like that's Robbie. Fours feel that they are unlike any other human beings and consequently that no one can truly understand them or love them adequately. They often see themselves as uniquely talented, possessing special one-of-a-kind gifts, but also uniquely disadvantaged or flawed. Okay. Does that sound familiar? That does. <laughs> I know, right? You would think like, oh, this thing's not going to know anything about me, but this these Enneagrams are pretty good with describing people. So more than any other type, fours are acutely aware of and focused on their personal differences and deficiencies. They typically have problems with negative self-image and chronically low self-esteem. Okay. Not that I'm trying to pinpoint that on you or call you out. Okay. In their course of their lives, fours may try several different identities on for size, basing them on styles, preferences, or qualities they find attractive in others. Okay. Yeah. So... One of the biggest challenges fours face is learning to let go of feelings from the past. They tend to nurse wounds and hold on to negative feelings about those who have hurt them. Okay. Indeed, fours can become so attached to longing and disappointment that they're unable to recognize the many treasures in their lives. Okay. No, I'll be honest with you. When somebody crosses me or does something, I'll I'll cut them off like that. Yes. And I'll just keep it moving. This is true. And I won't even think about it twice. Like you literally cross me or you do something that I think is disrespectful to Mm -hmm. me or whatever. I'll cut you off and never talk to you again. That's a bit of a Taurus trait there too. I didn't make you do the astrology with me, but he's a Taurus as well for those of you out there who keep in track. I mean, you know a little bit of my personality now. Like Mm -hmm. I can drop you like it's hot and not even think twice about it. Yep, and it doesn't bother him. 
So they had some suggestions on how to communicate with a four. So first one is to share your authentic self. Don't try to fix me or allow allow me to be me. So that's you. So okay. don't try and fix you. Just let you be yourself. If you think I'm good at something, let me know. I honestly may not be aware of it. And I don't know. I think that's true sometimes. Yeah. You know, having to, to pump you up a little bit, you know. As a reminder for myself and others, my feelings are valid no matter what caused them. And my feelings have truth and merit in this moment. I thought that was very interesting that they said in this moment because... Yeah, we'll we'll continue on. I sometimes need time to process before responding. I may throw out an initial reaction and then take time to really think it through and come back with a different response. That is definitely. And I was like, this is this is Robbie to a T. This is definitely something that you do. And I I know you do it, but I'm just like, I'm I'm taking this in and I'm going to respond to it better. Yeah, like I might do initial reaction. We might fight initially. Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, I got to pause and think about this. And then he'll come. What annoys me, it doesn't annoy me sometimes. Well, it does sometimes. When you come back and now you've like changed your mind about something and you want to just be like peace peacemaker over here. <laughs> that does annoy me sometimes, but I'm going to be more respectful of you for it. But what really annoys me is when you've just blown up about something and two minutes later, you're just like, do you want to watch a movie? Why aren't you talking to me? And I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? But we will find out why sometimes when our fights go the way they do. This is is super interesting. I was having a lot of fun reading about this because I was like, it's so true. And it just makes, I think it'll make our communication a little bit better. Okay. Uh, Continue on with your communication. Sometimes I don't want to share how I'm feeling, especially if it feels too private, too deep, too complex, or too hard to explain. When I'm being vulnerable, don't try and cheer me up or take my mind off of it. Just sit with me. I can get passionate and it helps if you mirror my feelings or share honestly about your own. If you withdraw, it makes me feel like I'm too much and it won't be safe for me to share anymore. And that makes me feel bad because I don't want you to feel like that. I love when you remember something I've shared with you before. It makes me feel like you're listening to me and I matter to you. And the last one. I'm not sad all the time. I love life and express all the feelings with emphasis. And I was just like, okay. Because eh. I know I'm always just like convinced you're just perpetually depressed about everything. That's what you always say. I do you're say that to you a lot. Always sad about something. I do, but there you go. I'm not sad all the time. That's your communication. So key factors in how you communicate with others. Long-winded essays with metaphors and imagery. And I was just like, yes. When you have me edit stuff, I always say to you, why did you say this in five sentences when you could have said it in one? Because I have That's to explain That's how you communicate, it. yes. And it's fine. I'll have Sammy edit something, like something I wrote. Yes. And I'll explain it perfectly and she'll come back and edit it. And they'll just take what I wrote in 10 minutes down to two, two sentences. I compressed it. So. It's still there. I just compressed it. Keep going. Anyways. Emotional expressions like wow, oh, and you can be, emo- you know, emotionally express things. I could see that. Um, you communicate in first person perspective. You can appear warm and empathetic at empa- uh, empathic at times, sorry, and flat and pessimistic at other times. And I do feel like you do kind of go between those two like extremes. Okay. Where you're like warm and friendly one minute, and then the next, I'm just like, what is your problem? Very cold. Yes. Mm hmm. And you are unafraid to talk about the darker, deeper, or melancholy aspects of life. Oh, my God. That's probably why I like the show I do. I was just thinking, well, this explains Strange World. Yeah, this explains it. Because there are a lot of, we live in a matrix. It's the weird ass shit that he talks about. And it's, yeah, it's intense. So if you think we live in a matrix as well, tune in. Yep. So that's all about you, the four. You think that that fits? That, that does fit. Okay, without even making you take the quiz. Yeah, like that. there you go. I took the quiz. So, but I think it's harder maybe to read them and figure out yourself objectively. Right. Maybe a little bit. So I took the quiz and I am a type nine. Okay. We have called it personality type nine, the peacemaker, because no type is more devoted to the quest for internal and external peace for themselves and others. Okay. Nine is the center of the instinctive center and is the type that is potentially most grounded in the physical world and in their own bodies. 
Nines demonstrate the tendency to run away from the paradoxes and tensions of life by attempting to transcend them or seeking to find simple and painless solutions to their problems. I feel like that's you. I do feel like that's true. Uh, how to communicate with a nine. So give me either or options as opposed to open-ended questions. I do feel like that would work better for us. Yeah. Instead of like, like I'm just, this, what came to mind was just like, where do you want to eat? And I'm always just like, I don't know. And that came up like in here that that's like a common nine response. I know you decide what do you want to do? That's like a nine. And then thing. I say here or there. And then, you're and then like, I can pick. See, so. so that'll work better for us in the future. Knowing that. Um, don't interrupt me if I'm talking. That's true. That you do it or that I don't like that. You, to you do don't it. like it. I wonder why nobody really likes that, but. If you talk over me, I'll shut down. I'm not going to fight for my voice to be heard. That's true. Yep, and I do that. You do it too many times to me, and I'm just like, no, I'm just not going to talk to you at all. Communication is key. It's important for me to talk through things, but I may not always know where to start or how to open up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's true. That is true. And when I share, don't dismiss or interrupt my thoughts. I can add a lot of value to the conversation if you're patient and I feel like I have a safe space to speak. Yeah. If I speak up about someone else's perspective, I'm not trying to play the devil's advocate. I just want you to see their side. That's bullshit, but yeah. <laughs> I do that though. But I never, see this tells you right here that I'm not trying to like poke at you. That I'm literally just trying to offer you another perspective. No, I get it. But I also have the Gemini. See, we're gonna bring a little bit of astrology Gemini in me too. And I play everybody like the chameleon, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. My independence is important to me. Sometimes I withdraw because I need to regain my footing. With some decisions, I'm fine with going along with the majority opinion, but don't take this as free reign to boss me around because I don't like to be told what to do. Okay. And ask me questions, but give me ample time to respond. I'm a thinker. I need time to process. Okay. So key factors in how I communicate. Uh, absence of personal identifiers and pronouns, I, we, you, etc. I think I do that sometimes, especially if I'm writing something. Emojis or GIFs to visualize emotion. I literally do that constantly. I, I send every. You do that more than I do. I send everybody emojis and GIFs like constantly. Like if you look through my text messages now, I you know see people them. that can have full conversations with just emojis. I could do it. And I'm just like, what in the fuck are they I could do emojis saying? and gifs. Like Ashley and I have done that before, like back and forth. And I'm just like, I'm lost. I'm just I like, could do it. I can't mm -hmm. even do this. Like, like shorthand, like BRB, like hashtag words. I'm just like, what the fuck are they saying? <laughs> Some of them I don't know though. But yeah, as far like, as like the visual stuff, like I, I could do Shake my head. I don't know. But I don't, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. like doing that because I feel like it makes America dumb. No, there are certain things I think are dumb. I don't like do shorthands because one of the things I did say on here that I, that nines tend to do are not starting sentences with capital letters. But I don't, I don't do that because it bothers me, like grammar wise or forming sentences. So I didn't include that one on here. Um, okay, so other factors in how I communicate: many mentions of thankfulness and gratitude. I do think I do that a lot to everybody respectful and thoughtful phrases and regular checkups on how the other person feels okay so i was like i can agree with that all that stuff so you can also see how a type four and a type nine get along yeah i can understand that as well so let's let's leave about this so enneagram Fours and nines are both withdrawn in private, sensitive to the feelings and needs of the other, and empathetic to the suffering of others. Both can be tender-hearted and highly sympathetic to the suffering that they find in the world and in each other. Both want to find a deep connection with the other, and yet both also want a certain degree of autonomy and insist on a very real degree of privacy. And I feel like that's that's fair. Yeah. Both four and nines can be highly creative, and as a pair, they enthusiastically support the other's creativity and give the other a good deal of space in which to develop their talents. I agree I think with we that. Do that. Yeah. Both are idealistic and want to connect deeply with someone, feeling that they are on a search for their soulmate, the one person in the world with whom they can completely connect and be themselves. So the biggest conflict, the biggest area of conflict between four and nines is that each tends to react differently as stress increases. Fours become more emotionally volatile and demanding, yes, 
while nines become more disengaged and impossible to get through to. And I would say that's true. Are you saying that's me? No, I'm the second one. You're the first one. Okay. You get loud and in my face and follow me around and I just ignore you and stop talking and engaging with you at all. Okay. Don't you agree? No, I agree. Yeah. So that's why when we get into a fight, that's why things go the way they do. Okay. Where you're like yelling at me and I just stop talking to you. No, it's not like I, we do this a lot. So let's pause and back <laughs> up for a second. We barely fight. Uh-huh. When's the last time we've done that? Um, it was a long time ago. But when I was going on, when I do. was, when I was on high doses of opioids. Mm-hmm. Well, that was even different though. Cause you I were like to, psychotic. I used to be very, very angry. All the time. And I know you were afraid of me and your mom were afraid of me. That was different, though. I'm talking like in a regular fight that this is or even if we start to disagree about something. Okay. Like, I feel like you want me to see your perspective, agree with you. Whatever it is you want me to do. And eventually I get tired of you. And so I just stop responding. And then that annoys you even more. And then we just end up in like a reminds me of the TV. Every time we're trying to pick a show, I'm just like, how about this one? How about that one? And. Well, yes. see, now you know what you should really do is say, do you want to watch A or do you want to watch B? I will do that. And then I'll say, mm, okay, B. I'll keep that in mind. But if you leave it too open-ended, I'm never going to make a decision. I'll keep that in now, mind. Now we know for communication's sake. You're right. That that's how we should do it. And when you're yelling at me something ridiculous, mm-hmm. no, okay, not yelling. I'll stop using that word. When you say something ridiculous, ridiculous to me, which you do sometimes when you get upset, Okay. You know how sometimes. Sometimes. Like you, this is not true, but you could be like, oh, I'm just, you know, like, I'm going to go like murder you in your sleep tonight and mean it. And I'll just be like, why are we on like a hundred? What's your problem? And then later you'll come back and be like, so let's go to the movies. Let's go hang out. But now I know whatever you said to me when you were upset, you really were just saying it. Like, again, I was trying to say this earlier. I know sometimes when you're frustrated or whatever, you say things because you're upset. And then when you kind of reel it in and you come back, you're just like, I didn't really mean that. That's not really how I actually feel, but that's how I felt in the moment. Okay. So I'm gonna acknowledge that more. When we're in a disagreement, as you like me to refer to it as. When we're in a disagreement and know that what you're saying to me, you're just saying right now. So don't take it personally. All right, that makes sense. We're gonna use this to, to communicate better. That makes sense. And both types look for partners who seem to embody some qualities that they feel they do not have in themselves. Nine seek strong, high energy partners, whereas four seek partners who possess some ego ideal that they feel they are missing in themselves. So when they say they give different examples and you go on these websites about like high functioning, average and then low functioning, which is basically where your mental state kind of is. Okay. At a time. So in lower functioning fours and nines, neither energizes the the other and both get stuck in a basically a, a a holding pattern of inhabited anger, resentment, irritation with each other. Okay. Which, yeah, when we've gotten to that point where you can't get out of a disagreement or something's going on, I think that that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that everybody should go check it out if you're in a relationship and if you're struggling with communicating or just want to communicate better look up these two things enneagrams and those are actually surprisingly the love languages you'll learn about yourself and about your partner yeah like it's a good way to look at yourself and say i do that i do that and then maybe in your communication you can say okay i can catch myself doing this thing right that i'm now acknowledging that i do right like i shouldn't ignore you just because I think you're talking too much. Okay. Yeah. So okay. do you think that was helpful? Was yeah, I think that was a good, okay. interesting episode. Well, last thing we're going to do, just because this is date oriented with Valentine's Day coming up. Like we said, you don't have to do anything crazy for your date nights. So for us, we do ba- really basic stuff go to dinner go to movies go, go to, to dinner. love doing movies we have amc uh, a list yeah we'll go see a movie every day of the week if yeah because we've had stubs you've had all you know like every iteration of it we've the we've movie done. pass when mm-hmm. that first came out yeah and is trying to come back actually 
Is it really? Yeah, but we're not doing all that. We're just going to stay with the I wonder, AMC. I wonder how they're going to compete with AMC. I don't know. But yeah, we, we do basic things like that. We've done like staycations where we've just driven to like the beach for the weekend. Yeah. Done like hotel stays around here. I mean, we live in Florida, so there's always something going on. And That's not too far. It's not like we've seen all of Florida. Mm-hmm. So we could be like 20 minutes away from home and still feel like we've traveled mm-hmm. a long way. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody obviously lives in Florida, but if you just look for things to do around you, touristy things that you haven't done, you know, or drive a couple hours to a big city that you don't always go to. Because exactly. when we were in Indianapolis, we drove to Chicago for a weekend. Yeah, that was one of our very first dates. Yes, and we sat at breakfast, and he told me he believed in aliens. Make sure you listen to my listen to my show. We were dating, and I was like, "I'm stuck in Chicago with him," and he's telling me, "Do you believe in aliens and demons?" Let me tell you what I do, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, you gotta lay it on kind of thick. You don't want to waste time, right? Yeah, I'm still here, so. so. Anyway, but those are things that we like to do. I know, like, I really like going to the melting pot. I like going there, too. Or going to Disney Springs and eating dinner there. Or we, we haven't done the snow, but we've gotten, like, snow cones. Yeah. And sat there and ate those. Or just get ice cream and walk around, go through the stores. Just right. kind of enjoy spending time together. And then, obviously, movies are always a big thing. But those are, are things I really like to do. Yeah. I don't know if you have like a favorite thing that we we've done. No, I think pretty much everything you've said I like doing. We went did the icon the eye the wheel at icon park one time. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was different. I mean, there's not a lot of. I have to really pick and choose what I can do. Like I can't go on roller coasters anymore. No, that's that's done. Mm-hmm. I really that really sucks because I do miss going on it. Yeah, and I mean, I was thinking about this. So Ashley is going to be here in May with her boyfriend Brett. If you haven't heard about him, go to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. Are you talking about him? But they're going to be here in May visiting, so we're going to spend time with them. And you know, Ashley's talking about they're going to go to the parks and all that. So it's interesting because you know she's playing this as her first little getaway with Brett, and that's very cute. And they're going to go do all the things. But I'm like, as we're talking through some of this, I'm always mentally going, okay, so if they go ride like Tower of Terror, then what's nearby that Robbie and I can go sit and do? And I'm like, oh, there's like snacks and food. We can go sit, get some ice cream. Hell, we're going on Tower of Terror. Well, I would not do that anyway, because Ashley is a, a lunatic and she knows this. But, you know, they're talking about like Rock and Roller Coaster, the Tower of Terror, you know, things like that. Then I'm just like, okay. Like that's, you can't yeah. do that. And you would always be happy to just sit and wait, but I don't mind sitting with you, giving them time to themselves. Right. And then we can find time to go sit and right. like I said, get a snack, relax. You can always find some way to make it work for you. I feel like, but I was just thinking how like their date essentially at Disney world is not going to look like ours. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. They're going to be, I, I can already tell they're going to very be very fast paced. And, um, and her, you and I are going to be like, all right, we'll catch up. She, she has specifically told me not to let her do that. She needs to slow down because Brett has never been to Disney World. Well, I and we're not Brett, trying to have this poor guy keel over in the middle of the park because she's running Brett ragged. Knows what he's in getting into. I think he kind of does, but also kind of doesn't. So <laughs> know what he's getting into. No, we have discussed this. She specifically told me not to let her do stuff like that. Like, and I'm just like, it's fine because I'm already going to be spending time checking on you, which I do when we go to the parks. Do you need to sit? Do you need a snack? Do you need a drink? Remind me of the time. Do you want to take a break? We so we have other friends, Logan oh, and Amanda. Yeah. And they came in from Indianapolis and they were yeah. seeing us. And we were at, I the think, Animal, the Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. And my, I was ready to go. My pain was high. I was just <laughs> like, I want to go. They were getting ready to go on a roller coaster. Mount Everest. And I walked up to Sammy and I was like, let's go. I was pissed at this time. Yes. And literally, she's like, go get a snack and sit your ass down. And <laughs> I'm going to go ride the roller coaster. And Amanda and Logan are like, speechless they're like their jaws are they're looking at each other looking at her looking at me thinking i'm gonna yell at her or do something and then i was like okay <laughs> it was so it was funny. very dramatic but it was not funny at the time but it's but so i was funny i was ready to go i was like and then he was like throwing a fit it was like a i really was i was just like i'm done i'm, I'm if anybody 
has been in that situation, like pain wise, you're just like done, mm -hmm. had enough. Let me know in the comments yes. because I think a lot of you can relate when you've just mm -hmm. had enough and you're hit your max and you're just like, I'm done. And I think now it's been years, so we kind of prepare better. Right. So you that know to speak up, like, I really need to sit down, I need a snack, I need a break. And then I'll say, like, did you take some pain medicine? You that know, was, like, we check with each other. That was in the beginning yeah, of my uh, going well. battle with pain. Mm -hmm. We really didn't know how to communicate it. And I didn't really know how to communicate what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And so we would fight a lot. Mm -hmm. And again, I was on a lot of opioids at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was just very angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, let me, I ask you guys a lot of questions to see if you guys can relate. Those of you who are, that are still taking opioids, are you more angry? Can you remember yourself off of opioids and how mm -hmm. you used to be? Mm -hmm. Let me know in the comments because yeah. now that, like, I still take a very small amount of them, I, but I don't have many left. That's why I'm trying to get in the whole cannabis. But I still don't like even mm -hmm. taking a small amount. Right. And pain management... I would literally talk to my pain management doctor and say, what can you do to get me off of these? Mm -hmm. What can you do to get me back to where I was? Mm -hmm. And again, they're there to manage. Well, they were there to steal from me, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, they're there to manage my pain. And I just thought, number one, I'm tired of being lied and stolen from. And number two, I want to try to do this differently. Right. So that's why I had to stop. Mm -hmm. going to pain management right and the the funny thing is is they have never called to see if i was okay no i feel like a true doctor would be like we haven't seen you in a while we're yeah, like checking up on you you dropped off the face of the planet with like dr parnes or dr thomas they would be blowing me up blowing you up like, exactly checking but but not you can tell my pain management doctor just thought of me as a paycheck mm -hmm. just the money i would come in and I'd argue them about with them about my copay, mm -hmm. but that's yeah. the reason why. Yeah. So, can you remember yourself off of how you were off of pain medication and mm -hmm. how you are on pain medication? Mm -hmm. It makes a difference, and that's why it's a lot harder to communicate when you're not feeling good. But doing some of this to prepare, I think, would make it easier. Right. And like we said, though, we've spent years dealing with this, which is why now if we go to a park. I'm not as stressed about it. Right. Because we're going to be able to talk it through. Right. And you know you can say, like, no, I'm going to really need to sit down. Right, And right. at the end of the day, if we want to sit down, I can, we just do exactly what you said. You guys go do whatever, and we will catch up with you. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll meet up with you. No problem. Right. So, yeah, knowing how to communicate and when be there for each other. And, yeah, that's that's very important whether you're out at a theme park or just like we said, well, like we went to go see Elvis, got yes. to the movie theater, we got our popcorn, we got everything, sat down and I, I know how he is. And we sit, we kind of opposite. I don't really eat the popcorn during previews. I'm like much not during the movie. Robbie, on the other hand, is like, let me stuff my face during the previews yeah. and sometimes drink my entire icy, which that's a whole nother thing. But he was sitting there and he wasn't eating and I was just like, what's wrong with you? Are you, are you okay? And then you're kind of like, no, no, I'm fine. And then I'm just like, I just, wasn't I just knew. Anything. And I was just like, no, is something wrong with you? What's, what's going on? Because I know how you are. And then you finally were like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling like a little nauseous, not feeling great. I, I think your head was hurting too. Yeah, maybe. it was. And I'm like, well, then let's go. And see, we have the AMC thing, so we can always go see the movie again. Yeah, or we could have asked for a refund at that point if we didn't. But yeah, we have the A-list, so it's not like we paid extra for the tickets. We paid for the popcorn, and I was like, well, just take it home. Right, and so we left. Yeah. It was a packed theater anyway, so. Yeah, it was. I hate theaters when they're packed. But I know you didn't want to say anything, but I was just like, it's not. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. If you don't feel good, then let's go home. Of course, that day, I think we went all the way to Disney, and we yeah, drove we all the way back instead of an hour the there. mall. Yeah, the so. mall, which is like not that far from us. We had a longer drive, but you know, it didn't bother me because we have to adjust sometimes. So what do you do in your relationship? 
with if you guys are both dealing with chronic pain you and your partner mm -hmm. how do you deal with things mm -hmm. if just like sammy she deals with my chronic pain mm -hmm. how do you guys communicate yeah let us know let us know mm -hmm. and we hope you guys have a very good valentine's day yeah happy valentine's and day. and let us know what you guys decide to do if anything if anything we don't have to and let us know about your love language mm-hmm yeah so yeah i think this was a very cool episode i'm glad you liked it different so yes, hopefully you guys you enjoyed take a this quiz to get there but yes i understand now <laughs> but yeah so next time when we're back we'll be talking about we're going to be talking about mattresses finally because i've been talking about it for like i think it's ever. very important for people like us to mm -hmm. talk about mattresses and sleeping yes because i we have a brand new mattress but sometimes i still don't like it yeah because i just can't get comfortable and i feel like that's on any mattress i think some of it too is we got it and then you traveled a lot and you haven't been consistently laying on it for long periods right so i'm kind of hoping like the longer you are home you'll start to adjust to it because right now the only i was gonna say person but the dog has been laying on that side more than you have I mean, Raven, Raven it, has dog. made it all squishy the way she likes it. She is. She does not like it when I'm home. I always moved, take her. She misses spot. her spot. Yeah, she gets to lay up on the pillows and just live her life over there. But yeah, we're gonna be talking about that. We'll yes. finally get into mattresses. Yep. What kind of mattresses do you guys lay on? Let mm -hmm. us know. Yep. I know I've asked you a lot of questions, but these are questions I want to know from you guys. Your yeah, perspective. We talk to everybody. So. I mean. You know what we do. What do you guys do? Because we learn stuff from you guys as well. Yeah, exactly. So let us know. Mm -hmm. And then after that episode, I believe I'm going to prepare our mental health three. So. Okay. Yeah, I think that's going to be the next one I work on before we start diving into other chronic illnesses. So, yeah. All right. So we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain with Robbie and Sammy. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon. Whether it's diving into somebody else's adventure or creating one of your own. Storytelling is a part of our DNA. We can't help but immerse ourselves in the pages of a tale that could ultimately shape our lives. So join me every Friday on the By Ashley Ganey podcast as we explore both sides.